Welcome back. This is Grecia, your new co-host. And this is Tony, your previous co-host. And we're here with a new episode of Full of Brown. And we have a really great guest today. Uh, tell everybody your name. Jose Chavez de Real. De Real. Is it two mm-hmm. separate words? De Real? Yeah. Oh, de Real. Okay. Del Real. Like the real. The real, yeah. Uh, <laughs> no, that's how it goes. Uh, I was a uh, college athlete, and that was always uh, good or anything like that. But anytime I, I did get a, like one article written about me, and that was like the uh, the thing it was the real deal. Mm-hmm. Yes. I was like, that's okay, awesome. Yeah, when I saw your Instagram, I'm like, oh, I, I can work with this. This is interesting. I can make it work. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but tell everybody a little bit about yourself. Oh, yeah. Yeah. My name's uh, Jose. Uh, you know, I'm. I, I would say I grew up here in Oklahoma City area. Uh, I'm a Mustang graduate. I went to uh, North Iowa Area Community College. I, that's where I was a student athlete for three years. Wasn't that very good, but it was a great <laughs> experience. It got my most of my education paid for. You oh, know, nice. You know, should shout out my mom and dad for paying the rest. Shout <laughs> out to mom and dad for yes. real. Yeah. And then, uh, you know, came back. Um, coach a little bit uh that's where i met my wife and uh, a little bit afterwards uh you know i just became me and my wife you know we decided to entrench in the journey of, of foster care yeah awesome. yeah so today we are going to be um speaking on the topic of foster care and thanks to jose for coming out and joining us and you know just giving us some information about foster care we you know me personally, I've always thought about it, but I've always been so scared and there's mm. just so many questions behind it, yeah. you know? So this is, this is really exciting. Yeah. Cause I had, I actually wanted to do this like a long time ago. Uh, cause I used to work at the DHS. So I saw a lot of stuff. So it always grew within my heart to do it, but I was, I was really frightened about it, you know? Um, and I feel like getting to know you, it's going to, opened my mind a lot not only me but our listeners i feel like they're gonna get to know a lot of the things that they want to know but they're afraid to ask you know so um so you've been obviously fostering for a while when did you start to do that i my official first day was the day that coronavirus was declared a pandemic oh so last um march 13th yeah okay uh yeah um so yeah that's so it's been about a year and a half mm-hmm. since you know I've been doing it. Uh, so you're new. Yeah, I'm I'm fairly new, but uh, I mean I, I think it's one of those things that you know dealing with uh, children that come from trauma, just like you you get up to speed. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. really no, sure. fast. There's, yeah, I mean there are just so many uh, classes and just just the overall interaction that you have with you know uh, caseworkers, agency workers, mm-hmm. uh, bio parents. Uh, other foster parents uh that you've uh grown to like view as mentors and stuff like that that's just yeah. like you know you kind of you know it's like one of those things where you are and i'm sure it's the same as a parent i don't have like any biological children but mm-hmm. like you know it's just like 
you know, you you don't really know how you're gonna react to anything until like you're acting that situation and you're like, right. and then you know, kind of just it kicks in. You know, your yeah. your training kicks in. You're just your natural mother father instincts. Yeah, and you're like, oh, this is how you know I want to react. This is how I. If I was going through this, this is how I would want my father or mother or, yeah. or whatever yeah. you want to be called. So, like, you put yourself in their shoes. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, what made you want to do this? Uh, I mean, there's just quite a bit. Um, me and my wife share a best friend. Uh, it's her friend, but uh, I just claim her because... Th- <laughs> well, if you're married, that, she's not yeah, your yeah, best yeah, friend. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I see her more than anybody else. So, <laughs> you know, she's my, she's my best friend. Uh, her parents actually fostered um, for and they adopted like officially they have adopted four and you know they've had others uh, come through their home and stuff and you know i we kind of saw saw it from them like oh man like this is look 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 what they've done you know like because like when we first met uh everybody it was just like oh wow like that's that's crazy i don't know how you can do that and then you know seeing like all their hard work putting in like oh okay like that that's really cool like that's and you know you're doing a service to your community yeah and then we saw the movie uh instant family with uh mark Wahlberg. oh, oh yeah yeah i went in i told my wife it was like she was like hey uh we need to go see this movie like and you know this is about the time we were kind of thinking about starting our our training and i was just like listen we can go but when we come out, you better not tell me, like, oh, my God, like, it's such a great story. We need to do this right now. Yeah. Like, let's go. And I was just like, it's like, we're not doing that. We're just enjoying the movie. You know, if we cry, we cry. Yeah. <laughs> and then coming out, uh, I was just like, like, damn, like, what? where, where do we got to go? Yeah. <laughs> so, like, it's definitely that. And then, you know, that's kind of what led us. And then what uh, finally just got us over the thing was... Uh, man, what a year was it? Probably like 2017, where all the uh, all those uh, really harsh, strict uh, abortion bills, anti-abortion bills mm-hmm. started coming up around the country, and you know we were, you know, we were always so frustrated. You know, we were very left politically and pretty active politically, and we were just like, you know, we 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 always saw everything. We always saw, well, they should they should give up their kids. They should do this. They should do that. And then we're like. Well, why aren't y'all doing it? And then we saw it back to ourselves. And it's like, why aren't we doing it? <laughs> like we we yeah. we thought about it. We wanted to do it. We've we looked around, and then you know that's kind of when we were like, all right, let let's get it in. And you know we we found a great agency to come, you know, w- walk us through the ropes, and then that's kind of how it went. Wow, that's amazing. Were y'all ever scared about that, or or did did fear not take a factor into it? I mean, I think I'm afraid every day about, <laughs> really? about it. Yeah, I mean, it's and it's not necessarily that. Like, I'm afraid that like these kids that I have in my home like don't see me as a positive role model or anything like that. It's just like, you know, I just think it's for me. Just like, oh, like, am I doing enough? Am I showing them what quote unquote proper love is yeah. uh, to them? You know, like. Uh, as as myself, you know, I struggle with uh, like mental illness. Sometimes I get like pretty bad depression, um, you know, seasons. Mm-hmm. That just like you know, uh, am I allowing that to affect how I parent? Am I not giving enough time to one or the other? Am I you know 
not necessarily try to like trauma bond with them and then but to like push uh their their trauma forward to try to you know uh get good with them mentally right Right. and i feel like because as a mom myself you just said you know there's there's seasons where you suffer you know with mental you know whatever depression and so you're you're not alone and i feel like i just want to give you an applause because i feel like it's hard for as a parent you know with the with the with just the baby you know and but for you and i I don't know all the age groups you have had in your home but when you have older kids i feel like it could be a lot it would be a lot harder because you don't they they understand a little bit better you know a little three month six month old a three-year-old might not understand as much as an eight-year-old mm-hmm. or a 14-year-old you know what yeah. i mean yeah. and so like that that yeah that takes guts yeah like i feel like that yeah. would that see because as me. person i think we can i can speak for both of us here uh all three of us now um with a person that suffers from mental illness the fear is for you not to be enough to whether it's your spouse, you know, and becoming a foster parent, that I'm gonna be honest with you, that's the reason why I didn't do it. Because I was so afraid to stack my issues onto theirs. And because I mean, I, I, I never knew what mine were. So yeah. I was like, I'm not gonna go ahead and, and, and get attached to a child and, and help us both. And then at the end, you know, I'm gonna have to suffer departing from that child. And I don't know if that's hard for y'all, like no. when y'all have to you know separate uh, yeah for sure and you know there's like this very common uh saying and, and you know foster care and it's a get to attach mm-hmm. like you know that you're supposed to get to attach you're supposed to feel like they're your kids uh they're supposed to it's supposed to hurt when they go back uh you know because you've that means you've done something right for that kid uh, oh, yeah. to for whatever it may be and you know if you're in it for the right reason and for reuni- reunification like you know you're you're gonna be just as proud of them uh leaving your house because that means that whatever uh trauma cycle that you've been introduced from bio bio family to child you know you've done some sort of you played some part of like breaking that cycle and they're like mm-hmm. now they know more they're more informed you know the kid has found out how to cope with you know the the trauma related to that and you know they are able to push more forward after that yeah so whenever i don't know if we said this on air or not but you said that they do let you know if they can uh, uh the history of the child do they allow you to pick like the ages and like the race of the kid or do you just get like a random child uh yeah, I mean you can set it up kind of which either, either way. Like oh, okay. if there there are people who only want you know babies. Uh, there are only people that want uh, you know they will have like a they'll they'll have a bio son who's like age six mm-hmm. and they have you know an extra bedroom and they'll be like all right I will only like kids I will only like a boy from around this age group you know so mm-hmm. they kind of grow up right. Uh, Together. So, together and stuff like that so it, you know you as a foster parent you have a lot of control of what gets placed in your home um, okay and you know I, that also goes with like how good of an agency uh relationship you have um an agency is just a uh it's like a separate nonprofit uh who helps advocates for you 
uh, for, you know, children, uh, welfare. And um, so as long as, you know, you have a good agency worker and, you know, you're honest with them about your needs and uh, your wants, your uh, what you expect, yeah. you know, they they, they kind of know, like, I, I'm not going to tell you about this 17-year-old kid because mm-hmm. I know that, you know, you're kind of looking for this uh, age group. Yeah. Uh, but as far as, uh, you know, kind of what you're dealing with, I personally just like to think like they're they're in foster care because they have dealt with some sort of trauma. And regardless of if it's sexual, physical, emotionally, whatever it was that led them to be placed in your home, it's it's going to be hard either way. So, yeah. um, you know, obviously, if you know have more information is good like you know you then you kind of kind of try to figure out what's the triggers like mm-hmm. uh, like all right i personally can't do this because they part of the reason why they're in my home is because you know dad used to do this i kind of look like the dad now oh, i can't have right that kind of interaction right so, so, so that's kind of how it goes i mean like i said like you you have a lot of power. Okay. What what gets placed, you know? Well, that's good to know. Yeah, that, that is good to know. I thought you were just going to get, like, you know... my Again, like my fear being if I'm not going to be able to help the child with something I don't understand, you know? Like, I think that was just what I was afraid of, that if they've been through something that I cannot personally uh, uh, help, like, uh, you know? Yeah, and, you know, I think it's one of those things that, like, you get a lot of help from a lot of different things you know uh your your child's uh, dhs worker uh should already having some sort of plan of like treatment plan for for both kid and bio for like hey uh, therapy family therapy uh whatever if they're behind on school you know what what uh services they need so like mm-hmm. it's one of those things where like like yeah like i'm sure i don't know how to deal with every single thing but they're gonna tell me (laughs) they're gonna tell me and they're gonna push me the right direction you'll have that source yeah i always have that source to kind of see what's going on and you know Mm -hmm. you know it's like one of those things like you know another foster parent somewhere has experienced something similar and then if you have that those kind of connections like you'll be able to like reach out like hey does anybody know how to deal with x and like oh hey my friend actually dealt with that this is something that we did and then you know, oh, you'll be able to implement right. that in your that's everyday awesome. life. Yeah. That's really good. Was it easy, like, the process to become a foster parent? Or is there, like, a lot of steps to do? I think it's... I don't think it's easy. It's not hard. It's not, like... I don't think, like... It's not impossible. Yeah, it's not right. impossible. I don't think it's hard. I'm not sure if it's because I was already kind of interested in that mm-hmm. kind of stuff. Like, I already kind of knew right. some of the stuff. And, like, my... My wife is actually, like, super into it. And, you know, like, obviously, uh, we had that friend, that mm-hmm. mutual friend who who their parents already went through it. And, you know, we kind of already knew some of the stuff mm-hmm. uh, from them. But I don't really think so. It takes about three to four months of, of courses. Mm-hmm. Um, and it kind of depends on how long it takes you uh, and your agency that you go through. We, the agency that we, that we went through with uh, youth... Uh, youth and Family Services uh, up out of El Reno, Oklahoma. Okay. Uh, we ours was strictly on the computer, okay. so it was pretty 
most of the time I was waiting on them to clear me. Oh, okay. <laughs> like, oh, right. like, like I'll finish it and I'm like, hey, like I need section three. Yeah. <laughs> Come on, let's go. Yeah. And then stuff like that. Uh, I know in the past it's like like five Sunday, five Saturdays classes and and stuff like that. And so like okay. it really depends on uh, what's available in your area. Right. Okay. okay. Interesting. What did your like parents think? Like your family? Do you have any siblings? Yes, I have two siblings. Uh, I and my wife also has two siblings, so we're both a set of three. Okay. Uh, you know, I think it's one of those things that when we first told them, they were like, why? Right. <laughs> like, yeah. why Why would you want to deal with that? You know, and I, I think that's a lot of people's like, kind of attitudes is like, like, I didn't cause this trauma. Like, why do I, <laughs> like, why am I going to risk my stuff? Yeah. You know, yeah. like, uh, like, what if the... The kids are better water, <laughs> and it's just like, well, whatever, you know. You kind of deal with it, and mm-hmm. you you teach, you learn about different ways for <laughs> to to help with that, and different yeah. techniques. You know, obviously, uh, if you know that problem, you're probably gonna get uh, the waterproof the, the waterproof diaper <laughs> yeah. for them. Uh, yeah, uh, but you know, like I'll say, you know, parents were kind of like, why why would you why would you want to do that to yourself? And then, kind of when we got our first placement, they were like. Oh no! <laughs> like, give me like oh, really? there, there are kids. Yeah, like so. Like it's like one of those things where like they're shocked. Yeah, they, they were they weren't necessarily like disproving right. or nothing like that. It was just like why? Like that seems hard. <laughs> like yeah. why would you want to do something hard? Yeah. I mean, I think it's just like everything in life. Like if you don't know much about it, you kind of just oh, like yeah. uh, questioning a lot, you know. Yeah. And I mean, I don't. I don't know the the um numbers on hispanic people that do foster but i don't i wouldn't think there was a lot so no and i think uh well i'm not i'm not sure how much it is i've personally i've only met one other hispanic (laughs) that fosters i mean i'm not sure if it's you know i mean definitely a big barrier to us is you know everyone has to be anybody that lives in the house that's over 18 has to take the courses has to be certified and obviously with that comes so you know you got to be at the minimum a uh, permanent resident right yeah, yeah. So, so everybody that lives in the household has to take them yeah full-time so like okay so whatever like if for for example like our mutual friend uh when they when her parents were you know getting everything ready for her she was like 20 like 19 or 20 going mm-hmm. to college she had it to get certified as well because she is yeah because technically she's an adult that lives in the house and it gets interaction with those kids wow that makes sense well that's good though yeah that is because i mean yeah so i mean like i'm so she got it way earlier (laughs) like like the benefits of 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 this work yeah 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 it's very i don't i just don't feel like in the hispanic community people are so open to that you know it's like I, I think it would be like a very big shocker for, you know, just some Hispanics to go and foster kids without them being judged or questioned mm-hmm. by like their own family members. And I I think it would be really hard. But, you know, if you have that heart and if you have, I honestly, I think it's just the heart. If you have the heart to help those kids, do it. Like, don't, yeah. don't let... You know, whatever your aunt, uncle, grandparents have to say, like, there's a lot of kids that need help. And I'm just... 
Yeah, because I remember when I worked at the DHS, when I was looking into it, when I asked my supervisor, like, a bunch of questions, well, not a lot, because I really didn't know much about it, but enough to where, you know, it peaked. I asked her, uh, what would she recommend that, what kind of child I should get? And she's like, look, Tony, there's a lot of minority children more than any other children. I, that was, this was like maybe seven years ago. So I don't know now. And it probably still is. Yeah. Yeah. So I actually wanted to do it to, to help maybe a child that may not speak English. Or, or a child that may be not able to communicate with another culture. If they're used to, like, tortillas, you know, they're not going to go from that to pita bread. Like, it's just not, you know. And I, I'm just using yeah. the thing that came on the top of my head. <laughs> yeah, no, for sure. And then, I mean, it's like, in part of your training, you know, like, acute, they emphasize, you know, culture and kin above most things. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, like, you know, I... Me as a Hispanic, you know, if I get a Caucasian child or a, you know, an African-American child, you know, uh, I would have to, you know, know about, you know, what their family culture is, you know, what is their, you know, just overall culture of like what we what we can do for him. So yeah. him, or, him or her, you know, religious preferences, yeah. stuff like that. So, um, you know, I well, I do think, you know. If, you know, you are not used to eating a whole bunch of different, like, food that you're not into. Uh, yeah. You know, I, I think it's, like, most of the time, like, you know, you can slide in. <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah. like, one one dinner uh, one dinner a week, it's whatever. Uh, frijoles y and whatever. Yeah, <laughs> you know, like, whatever. <laughs> you know, you, you can do whatever they want. And, you know, I mean, for the most part. Or, you know, you can choose... Uh, whatever on Sunday nights after your visits or whatever, you know we're we'll, we'll go eat at your favorite restaurant, yeah. uh, you know because we know you know that's the food that you <laughs> yeah. you enjoy the most and yeah. so that um, so but yeah but yeah like culture is definitely something that you know they really emphasize on like you have to maintain that if they have uh, if they go to a different church than you you have to take them to uh, that religious service. Uh, or oh, wow. find or find a religious mentor yeah. that would take them to uh, those services if they yeah. if they have you know C four King care uh, you know you gotta you gotta learn how to <laughs> how to deal with that kind of hair if you, even though your hair is curly or whatever yeah. For so sure. so stuff like that and you know thankfully there's a lot of different uh, beauty uh, shops and barber shops are like. Uh, one that comes to mind is Rooted OKC. It's over by uh, North Classen. They do a lot of workshops for foster parents of like, oh, hey, that is amazing. So yes, yeah, like, hey, come learn, come learn how to do this hair. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I I worked at a daycare for a couple of years, and there was a I got to a lot of foster families were were there, and so I got to meet with a lot of foster kids, and um, there was this one mom that was a foster parent and bless her heart you know she was she was caucasian and she had three um african-american kids and one of them was a girl and she wasn't i think she was maybe two Mm -hmm. and she had a head full of hair a lot of hair and so thank goodness to my co-workers they they you know they hopped in and they helped her they helped the foster mom you know comb out her hair because her hair was really really bad yeah. um just so natted and it was so sad to see her like that but 
Um, the teachers there did help her, you know, comb it out. And I'm, it took days. It took days to comb out her hair. But they got her nice and pretty. And that mom was just so happy to have them there. And so I, I bet that would be a struggle because yeah, even now, like, um, racial, uh, mixed couples, I have, um, a couple friends, you know, that are Caucasian with an African American and their baby's hairs. It's so different. And they'll be on Facebook. Like, can anyone help me? Oh, yeah. Where do I go <laughs> to get my yeah. child's hair done? Cause it's so different. Nah, and that, that's kind of, I am like, whenever I have uh kid's place with long hair, Oh man, it just like I feel so bad for them. I'm just yeah. like, you know, the first couple times, like you know, you get used to like their, you know, their hair textures, but like the first couple times, man, I just feel like I'm just ripping yeah. <laughs> hairs out. I'm just like, I'm so sorry. I'm trying to do this as politely as I can. Yeah, but. <laughs> yeah. But I also think like because the Hispanic community, as straightforward as we are, we are a really loving community as well. But I think the problem is that we don't like to ask for help. And maybe that's why a lot of us don't even consider it. Just because the fact that you're going to know you're going to confront a bunch of situations with a random child, you know. So, like, I feel like we do want to do it. But I feel like we're just not wanting to educate, you know, educate ourselves to find the resources to do it or or, or maybe even the time. Yeah. You know? Yeah, no, for sure. I mean, like, uh, I definitely get that whenever I have a conversation with, like, my own family, and they're just like, uh, you know, like, um, not wanting to ask for help, you know, I don't know that, you know, that comes from, you know, like, kind of like this really machismo part of our culture where we're yeah. just like, like, we do it ourselves. Yeah. Uh, like, we take care of our children. Well, they should take care of their children. Like, what are they doing? Or yeah, yeah. Uh, but like, you know, like they'll start I, judging like the kids' biological parents. Yeah, yeah, and you know, definitely, uh, it's not about that. Like, it's not about that. You know, like the point of foster care is to hopefully have their kids reunited with their parents. Uh, you know, study after study, and foster care shows that you know their their kid wants to be back with their kid with their parents they're they do better when they go back to their parents yeah and you know like while while yes it is great uh that you know someone who who adopted eight plus kids or a, a group set of siblings who's been in this uh, foster care for you know their whole lives you know like a lot of people don't want to think about like going through that is traumatic mm-hmm. and just because you've adopted their kid doesn't mean that they owe you this gratitude like you know you're not you're you know you're just a dude yeah you're you're just a lady you know you're trying to do your best you know you want to show them you know hey there's more than this pain that you've been carrying in through but like you know like just because um it was the right thing for you to do for you know your family structure doesn't necessarily mean it's the what what the child always wants and you know Mm -hmm. it's it's definitely always uh traumatic you know just getting to that point so you know a lot of a lot of like you know foster parents will always think like well you know i've already adopted them like you know we're we're gucci yeah Yeah. like like no there's still a whole lot more you know there's there's so many like especially like in tiktok uh where i like to get a lot of my information Mm -hmm. uh, (laughs) uh, from famous tiktok yeah, yeah i always get them from like you know, youths who either fostered out or who aged out or, you know, got adopted and be like, like, yeah, man, it, it was cool that, you know, this lady took me in, but she 
didn't do anything that like I wanted to keep from my culture. I didn't get to celebrate this. I didn't get to do that. And so, you know, it's just like you have to, you know, you got to realize that even though you love the children in your house, they grew up in a way that's way different than yeah. what, what than what you grew up in a whole lot different uh, environment than say you raise your own biological child right. so like you know you gotta take that in consideration and to like always be working towards like you know some sort of middle ground with uh your your children in care yeah, yeah for sure and just while we're on the topic of like hispanics being foster parents the only reason why i am so scared to become a foster i've been told i've been told by a previous boss that i would be a great foster parent but I would be, I, I, I feel like I have an, an attachment issue. And so I don't care how old you are. I had special bonds with older foster children from the daycare to young kids. And it's just like, and I shouldn't, you know, we just talked about we we can't judge what their biological parents are going through. But I have seen the kids, you know, come from families of like drug addicts or being like physically abused to the children. And if I were to have a child that is like suffering from like that kind of abuse, I would and like they get to go back. I, I that would tear you apart. That would like tear me apart. How do you yeah. guys how do I mean, do you guys get like I'm sure you guys get help, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, help as far as like letting them go or <laughs> i mean yeah like how how do you guys like how how is that stuff handled uh well i mean like it's or do you just have to go like mentally prepared like they're they're not yours forever they're gonna go and it's okay and you're doing it just for because it can be like six months it can be three months it could be a year yeah uh you know i, I think it's like one of those things where like it really depends on what your intentions are for fostering. Uh, I know a lot of people who are just in foster care to exactly get a child, to adopt a child, mm-hmm. because they see it as a free adoption agency. Because, uh. you know, because, you know, you if you were to adopt even a child here in Oklahoma, uh, you know, there's just so many, you know, the attorney fees, the court fees. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, you know, a lot. some parents will see it, uh, some infertile parents will see it as, you know, hey, this is how I can, you know, get mine <laughs> yeah. on the cheap. And, you know, um, you know, I'm not saying, you know, so, they're... Oh, hold on. Yeah, like, oh, go ahead. Um, so if you are a foster parent, do you not have to pay all those other fees? Like if you're going to adopt? If you're going to adopt through DHS, you they will provide a attorney for free for you wow. if you choose to go that route. If you have like an attorney that you want to go through, yeah. You know, you can, but you know, they will uh assist you with all yeah, this. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah, they will get you that cost. Is that a good thing or a bad thing? Cuz I feel like at the end of the day you're still helping out, but is it where some of them are doing it with bad intentions? Uh, uh, I think taking care of any child that's gone through trauma is never bad intentions. <laughs> yeah, uh, of course. But I I definitely think it's... I mean, it's just like one of those things where, like, if you are simply just trying to get a baby mm-hmm. out of it, you know, I just... Like, I don't think this is necessarily the work for you, the mm-hmm. community to work for you. Right. Yeah. Uh, 
I mean, that, I mean, that being said, you know, like, unfortunately, with like how our society in America is built, where we're very punishment focused instead of uh, productive focused, mm. you know, you know, how there's so many kids that age out uh, out of yes. the system that just yeah. like, you know, at this point, it's anybody that's willing to take them in is a good a uh, good thing because you know uh if they don't get placed in a home they get placed in you know youth shelters and you know nothing to say bad about youth shelters but you know it's whatever it's you know it's I not mean, it like you know you're you're bust in you it you almost know, feels like a prison almost yeah, yeah it's kind, not home i mean kind of you know it's not home it's definitely like you know you have no privacy you know yeah. you have a communal shower you you share with you know whoever is yeah. there in the in the home with you at that particular time? And you know, that's that's nothing to do with, you know, the shelter itself. You know, it's a great service to have, but you know, we really want those to be as empty as possible <laughs> at, at any time. So you so, say, you know, I definitely think if you're if you're just trying to help kids and not help their bios, you know, that's you know, it's it's good. You know, you're you're helping kids. And, you know, we, we can't say, like, oh, you know, you only want to take care of these kids because you think you're going to be the best, the, the best, you know. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, and I, and I think that's something that you kind of just have to check yourself. Yeah. Uh, mm. You know, like, every once in a while, I get it, too, where I'm just like, oh, these kids should be grateful. <laughs> like, yeah. I, did, I didn't do this to them. Mm. And then, you know, but it's just like, you know, you just got to... You know, check that savior complex, you know, that, you know, back to, you know, what I was saying, like, you're just at the end of the day, the most that you can expect yourself to be is a dude that lets me sleep in their bedroom and their second bedroom. Uh, You know, like, like, of course, you want to build more bonds. You want to have all this stuff. But, you know, like these kids are not owe you anything like they didn't ask to go to go to to go live with your home, (laughs) you know, like this. It was something where, you know, they they got brought in uh, through, you know, the the cracks of society. And, you know, we're we're just trying to, you know, fill those gaps in as much as possible can. And, you know, like you should always try to, you know, come get those kids reunificated with their family at any time. You know, if if it means, uh, you know, helping their their parents work, their bio parents work, their treatment plan, you know, they're an addict, you know, um, you know, you, if you have the number, like, you know, every once in a while, like type, Hey man, like we're thinking of you. Good job. Like you, yeah, you've made it. Or if they were doing really good for a couple of weeks and then, you know, they relapse or whatever. Hey, like, let's get, let, let's get back on the horse. You know, let's get back on the wagon. Like you can do this. Yeah. yeah. Or, if their parents are in, unfortunately, if they get in prison, you know, obviously they can't get their kids because they're they'll they'll be in jail. You know, being like, all right, there's an uncle who who lives, you know, an hour away. Hey, do you want to see uh, your your nephew or niece or whatever mm-hmm. for a, an afternoon, like once a month? Like, all right, let's go have that connection with them. Yeah, I didn't even know you guys were allowed to communicate with the families if, if it was possible. I thought you guys just like, I don't know why. I, I don't know why I had this thought that I maybe 
I just thought that you guys were not allowed to communicate with the families at all. So I guess it's not true. Yeah. Well, it. Or does it just depend? I mean, I mean it depends in general. Like you are allowed to have that contact, or you're kind of encouraged to uh, kind of be that extra layer of support for yeah. the bio family. But you know, for whatever situations, you know, it just might not be safe for the family yeah. to have contact with the child, or if the child's old enough. They maybe don't want to talk to the parent or they don't want to talk to an, an, an uncle. And, you know, that just kind of that goes back to, you know, listening to the, the kids in your care. Yeah. Because right. I remember when I worked at the DHS, again, going back to that, I remember uh, what would hurt me the most is seeing the 17 year olds grab their stuff in like trash bags and like, you know, oh, getting yeah. ready to because they know they're going to turn 18. And as soon as they turn 18, it almost sounds like society doesn't care about them because they get placed in a place where if nobody taught them something good, you know, they might not be doing good in school. So they're not going to think about college. They're trying to think of survival. You know, they're not thinking about their future right now. They're thinking of how can they be happy. And I feel like uh, I wanted to do it with a, with a, a kid that was maybe older than 15 so I can kind of prepare them, you know, in school and, and, you know, help them out with college if they need to. Just because I do know that once they're 18, I mean, they're just get erased out of the system, and they're just out. Yeah, no, for sure. And do you know the? I'm not really into stats. Uh, like numbers to me don't really mean too much. Uh, mm-hmm. But like the one that sticks out, uh, and I'll kind of combine this with the story. Uh, if you're listening, re- remember your 18th birthday, what you were doing. Mm-hmm. I'll tell you what I was doing with mine. It's actually kind of really special. My 18th birthday, Barack Obama uh, signed the executive order for DACA. Oh, no way. Yeah, June, June 15th. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I was going into my senior year in high school. Uh, you know, I was living with my mom and dad. Or, you know, i pretty sure I bought lottery tickets and a pack of cigarettes because, you know, like I've turned 18. <laughs> yeah. Uh, if you are in a, if you're currently a foster uh, youth who is in danger of aging out, you are in one in five chance of becoming instantly homeless. So think about your eight. You just turned 18. You're probably with your brothers or your sisters, your mom and dad. They're celebrating, you know, this great lifestyle. Imagine trying to think like, where am I going to sleep tonight? And that's really because like, going back to like what you said, like that's what me and my wife wanted to do. Yeah. If we, you know, and we've, so far, with all the placement that we've taken, we've taken more teens than non-teens. And, you know, that's definitely one that sticks out because we're uh, the thing about foster care is that at least the way I like to think of it, it's this is not a, you know, a three to six month commitment to a child. This is a lifetime. Yeah. There yeah. are kids that no longer live in my home that I still talk to on a regular basis. Oh. I like they still um you know, they they ask me. They're like, "Hey, what what are you doing? Like, I'm having this problem. Like, what, like, what, what should I do?" That's amazing. So you know, it's like one of those things where, like, you know, like it really depends on like what you're in it for, what you want to take it out. For me, is for me and my wife is really you know reducing harm in our communities, and you know that's that's one way that we see it. You know, like we've we've had many talks about like, oh, if the if our current kid. If a current kid that we have or don't have, uh, what are we going to, 
if they turn 18, what are we going to do? Should, like, where are they at in, in life? Yeah. Like, will they be, will they still be in high school? Will they already been graduated? Uh, so we, so we we're like, all right, well, how can we help them afterwards? And, you know, uh, and, you know, we, we haven't had anybody age out <laughs> with us. They're all still, uh, children. So, you know, we haven't really dealt with, like, uh, what post yeah like what what post you know 18 looks like yeah. but you know like we've already have in our mind that you know it's it's a lifetime commitment you know like they live with us for x amount and you know if they want to have that that co- they want to have that that connection to us you know like we definitely want it you know we're not expecting it uh but you know if they want to you know, add us on Facebook or, you know, we always give them our, our phone numbers and, yeah. and we always send them off with like envelopes that are pre uh, stamped and be like, hey, if you just want to ride that, you hate me. Yeah. <laughs> like, you know, here, here you go. You know, like it's it's kind of like that. Yeah. So, I mean, I know you haven't experienced it, but do you know, like if somebody was to be placed in your home and they aged out, do they have to leave? Uh. I mean, it's it's your home, and they're no longer obligated uh-huh. to be there. Uh, so it's really up to them. So it it's, it's up really to, up, it's up to yeah, you. Yeah, it's really up to you if gotcha. if you want them there. You know, I if you've had them for <laughs> yeah, whatever, however long you've had them for, I'm not sure why you would just be like, all right, kick rocks, right? But, no, but you, but, but you know, like it's you know, it's up to you. It's up to so the agents, but so like the agencies, the the government, whatever, they have no control of if you let them stay or not. No, at, okay. at, at that point, you know, it's whatever. It's, it's up to you. Yeah, yeah. it's okay. a, it's like if you know, it's like the government is not going to tell you if you're twenty year old kid. Yeah, gets, I know. <laughs> gets to stay. You but know? I just, I just, but, I mean, but you like, never know. It's different when, yeah. when yeah. a kid is in the system. Yeah, yeah. or not yeah. yours. Yeah, yeah. I, mean, like, I mean, I'm I'm not really sure. I'm sure, like if that point is coming up i'm sure in your monthly uh visits with uh the caseworker they'll tell you they'll probably you know have some sort of plan of yeah. like yeah. hey what what, is, what, what, do? what does this look like you know yeah. i'm sure like i'm sure like as they turn like 17 and a half like that's a serious conversation that you should be having right mm. yeah. yeah um so you did tell us that you became a foster parent last year in the beginning of COVID. How long do you think you'll continue to be a foster parent? I mean, honestly, until the Is state this- until the state tells me like yo, you're <laughs> like, like you yeah. you like, you, you can't part. effectively like take care of these kids. Yeah, uh, you know, uh, I'm I mean I'm not really sure. You know, like I think as a foster parent, I th- we definitely have the most control. Out of anybody about you know when when you should stop you know I'm sure if I ever get to the point uh, where uh, it's just not in me you know to you know continue, c- continue doing that you know like it's uh, like a real thing that a lot of people don't take in consideration it's just like you know the secondary trauma that you that you personally receive because mm-hmm. you know you you're helping them deal with you know, whatever trauma they're doing. And, you know, you can't hear these stories and you can't help them push through them without receiving some of that, without feeling like, yeah, like, oh, you know, for sure. so like, I just honestly, like, I think me and my wife will continue doing it until we just feel like we can't, no we can't possibly <laughs> no, and that's uh, awesome. take it, you know, and, you know, uh, who knows, uh, 
there there might be a break here in the middle if you know there's uh there's no room (laughs) for for anybody because you know i don't know how you know no one can predict you know how many kids you might adopt or how many you know like what if uh, we're living in a two-bedroom house and you know one of our foster kids who's now 22 just got out of college and mm-hmm. they want us place to crash and you know we're we're like oh yeah c- come crash for for a year while you figure out you yeah. know your next step in life and but uh you know i just i don't see myself stopping at anytime least <laughs> anytime yeah. soon but you know yeah that's awesome yeah you guys are like soul healers i feel like because you do embark on that journey with them yeah. you're not only because this is what I would assume people would think. I think that people would assume, oh, you know, they're doing it for money or they're doing it for attention. But when you really do it for the right reasons, I feel like you become, you really do become their parent, you know, in a way. And that takes a lot of your caring for for them. I mean, you can't really do it unless you care, you know. And I'm sure you can attest to this, that the kids that you have had so far you probably had to had to heal some areas that they probably weren't getting attention other places, you know? So I give kudos to you both. That is amazing. I, you guys are awesome people. Yeah, no, for sure. And, you know, there's definitely like, and, you know, it's like one of those things where like, uh, kind of like that Shrek quote, you know, it's like, we're, we're like onions. We have layers. Yeah. So, yeah. so, you know, it's just like, and you know, it's with everybody, you know, you, you power through that first layer of, a trauma you you're like oh yeah cool like you know you're no longer afraid of acts or mm-hmm. you know you have a safety plan uh whenever you feel like hurting yourself and then you know you kind of go through that for a couple for a couple days or a couple weeks or whatever and then you're like oh now we need to take it a little bit step further because when you're seven you x happened and you know you've never had a chance to heal from that and then you know you kind of just keep on digging like yeah this the next layer like you right. know you always got something else to uh, work for wow yeah that's a lot of information i i i want to say thank you because you made me look at you know fostering kids and in a different point of view because i was like so focused just on the kids i've and i and i think it's just excuse me it's from my experience of seeing the kids that i got to work with in the daycares and like because they were a lot older they were like four five so they were able to talk to me about their experiences and it's just like it put like anger in my heart to where to like the towards those parents and so now if I, and so before we were sitting here, I would just think really bad about the parents. Like, you don't deserve your child if you're going to do all this stuff. But, you know, it, like you said, it's, we're, we're helping the children, but we're also kind of like helping the parents yeah, to be better and do better and not to relapse and all that kind of stuff or, you know, and it's just, it's hard to process it for sure. Um, but it's, it was really good to hear that because I I don't know when, but I feel like one day I will become a foster parent. Um, it's in me. I, I know it is. Um, I love children and I love helping others. And so if that's one way I can, I'm sure God will bring me to it. (laughs) Yeah, no, for sure. And like, I mean, and if anybody's listening and you're thinking like, 
if you're kind of on the fence or maybe you've never thought about it, you know, like, uh, you know, kind of, kind of what we say, you know, like helping there are children in your state, wherever you are, at least in the United States. I'm not sure how other countries mm-hmm. uh, foster care system works. Yeah. Uh, there, there are children in care right now needing someone that looks like you, yeah. who loves like you, uh, who's willing, who wants uh, to have that connection with you. Because, you know, like, what's the alternative? Like, you know, shelter <laughs> yeah. and stuff like that, you know, and like, and that's regardless of if you want solely just to adopt or solely to uh, feel some sort of spiritual need in you or whatever uh, your reason may be like you know like it's never gonna be it's never gonna be easy taking care of kids uh, with trauma but every single thing that you ever nothing I've ever done for the children in my care I've let her I've never been like well that was a waste of time yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. like it, it's always built up to something and you know sometimes it, it does feel helpless sometimes it does feel like man like why am i working so hard why am i doing all this stuff and you know you you kind of go back to why why you did it you know and it's you know for us it was community um harm reduction uh some uh christians is you know like that's that's what they believe is that uh you know as god took us as uh just their children uh we should also take in other children so you know it it really depends like whatever your reason is you know doing it you're gonna do a great job you know you're gonna have support you know it's just one of those things like you just need to you just gotta do it you just gotta do it you just gotta take a dive and you know uh you know kind of going back to like the power you know a lot of you know kind of you know kind of like the one setback of like foster care you know it's like as a foster parent you you have so many opportunities to center yourself as the victim and savior at the same time like i am saving these kids but you know their their uncle or their dad is harassing me and it's just like it's so hard and it's just like you know, like once you've centered the child as like, hey, this is why I'm doing it, and you know, you go back to like why you're doing it. It's it becomes it becomes easy. It becomes yeah, uh, not necessarily easy, but it becomes worthwhile. Right, right, yeah, of course. Before we we started recording, I went on the internet and looked at some facts. The numbers that we have really threw me through like a huge understanding of what it's really like. Especially in Oklahoma, I found uh, uh, numbers for both the country and Oklahoma. And the country, uh, there is, as of 2018, there is 438,000 kids in foster care. That's insane. How many? 438,000. In the United States? Yes, in the U.S. And all most of them are around the age of nine. In Oklahoma, there's nine... 1,500 foster care children in the state of Oklahoma, in Oklahoma County, 1,700 children. That is a lot of kids. That's, uh, I mean, that's a pretty, that's like two high schools full of kids. Thinking about that, you have to be selfless when you think about, it it takes people, and if I can say it, people like Grecia and people like me and people like you that we know we want to do this, but because we weren't aware of of certain or how it works, you know. Yeah. And I hope that this episode helps people that are considering it because 
I feel like people like you, they've always had this instinct inside. And it, it just took a minute to process it. And it took a bit for you to understand that maybe this is what you were meant to do. You know, you have the heart for it. You have the soul. You you have the, you know, your spouse that helped you with it. Um, people, like, you know, like I said, you, ha- you need that heart. Mm-hmm. And I think hopefully i'm hoping that by people listening to this episode it encourages them to just finally do it and if they were thinking of doing it for the wrong reasons i hope that all these numbers (laughs) and these facts tell them hey if you're gonna do this go with it with uh your heart at your hand you need to do it with the intention of becoming like i said that soul healer that these kids need because these kids are our future lord knows what is going to come of them or us um, I know I follow this famous comedian. Her name is um Tiffany Haddish. I don't know if you guys know who she is. Oh, yeah. She was a foster care uh recipient. Really? And she uh in her book she states that they were the ones that really uplifted her the most. She learned Spanish and Japanese in foster care. She wow. learned how to make menudo in foster care. Uh-huh. And she's an African American woman. Wow. And she said that these people shaped her life so tremendously mm-hmm. that it has just made her the person who she is, you know. So That's I feel awesome. like we are a blessing to these people, to these kids. And and I just hope that whoever does listen, like I said, goes into it with a better intention. If you had a bad intention or maybe now, maybe we I'm hoping that we push you a little bit further in your desire to do it. And I hope that people do take this into consideration. And and if they have questions, I'm pretty sure if you're okay with them reaching out to you or to us, to the show, and maybe we can, you know, help each other out in the, in the way of uh, maybe if they have deeper questions, which uh, Grecia had some questions that she asked our audience that, you know, she'll bring up in a minute. But um, we're meant to be here for each other. Yeah, no, for sure. And, I, and I'll pick it back some points of that, you know. Uh when I say, you know, like bad intentions, you know, like if you're looking to adopt a child, uh, you know, uh, there are children in care that's called uh, legally free. And that means that their parents parental rights have already been terminated. Oh, okay. I would say if you are looking to kind of just adopt, uh, look into those more seriously, uh a lot of people don't because what they find out is that those kids are often, you know, 13 plus. Uh, they're usually teenagers or they're usually, uh, you know, they're, they're just, they're teenagers, they're group sets. Mm-hmm. And, you know, like, you know, like it's like one of those things that if you want to have that way, because it's just like financially, it's just easier to go through dhs uh you know i would say you know look into that um you know get through those um legally uh free that would be like kind of like the more more ethical yeah uh, way (laughs) to do it uh and you know um if you're the second one is that you know uh, wow yes i want more people to become foster parents there is more than one role in a foster care uh, advocate. Uh, you know, there are there's this thing called respite care, which is you know you just give families a break uh, uh, for that. You know, if I have a current foster care child and I need a you know I need to go do something 
on a Friday night because, you know, I've been stressed out. <laughs> you know, yeah. you, you sign up for whatever for that day and, you know, you take care of that child. And, you know, obviously you get the training, you get all the information. Uh, that's kind of like the that's the most time that you're going to give up for I mean, a foster care advocate that's not. Um, like a family member, that is interesting. Like that. Uh, you know, uh, you know, I'm gonna shout out, you know, my 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 siblings and uh, my wife's siblings. Like, you know, they they very much often, and you know, Tessa, our our best friend, um, they always uh, they're always there for us to give us, you know, an afternoon off or hey, like I want uh, that to, date night. Yeah, yeah. Or like I want to teach them whatever. You know, I'm really into this. And, you know, I'm into, hasn't really happened, but, you know, say like, I'm really into cars, my, and I fix cars. And then like the child, they want to fix cars. So it's like, oh, you know, this is how, you know, you, you can do that. You know, yeah. there's, there's so many different ways to, other than like, obviously being a foster parent is the most direct way to help out foster children. But, you know, you can be a CASA worker, which that, well, I guess a CASA volunteer, which is a child appointed or a court appointed special advocate. Uh, and that's just like, you know, you show up to court hearings and advocate for the child and all this kind of stuff. There's, uh, uh, you know, you can host a diaper drive uh, to donate to your local foster agency. Uh, so they send a, you can redistribute uh, resources. You know, there's, wow. there's so many, there's so many different things, you know, everyone thinks, yeah. it's, well, you know, I'll, while foster care, obviously the foster parent is the most yeah. <laughs> hands-on, you know. There are more different ways. You can volunteer at these actual shelters uh, to, you know, spend a spend a weekend uh, hanging out with these kids. or really? you know, Yeah, like... Oh, um, my gosh. I need some more information. Yeah. I know. I do, too. Yeah, like in my... The foster agency that me and my wife went through, that's, that's already... While you're becoming... If foster parent, like that's a requirement that you have to volunteer mm. at your shelter. Uh, and, you have you know, to stay there the whole weekend. No, you don't have to stay there the whole oh. weekend. I was kind of just oh, okay, kind of <laughs> saying like, <laughs> like you know, you can do whatever. Like you can be there for two hours or thirty minutes or hey, that's I just awesome. wanna, I just wanna, <gasps> you know, they they will always have like a Wii or something like hey, like let's just play Wii bowling for <laughs> yeah uh, for a little bit. See, um, I didn't know none of that. I thought no. it was just like one direct path i didn't know there was like a bunch of branches that you could assist with yeah no so there, there's very different like ways and avenues to help uh you know definitely foster care is gonna foster being an actual foster parent is gonna be the most direct uh you know helping someone else become foster parents the second most direct and kind of yeah. it yeah. goes in stages uh donating to foster agencies uh advocating uh for advocating politicians to adopt more family-friendly policies like universal daycare or something like that yeah it's going to be you know something that you can also you know work on yeah right that's wow. awesome that so, is awesome i have a question so if you're a foster parent how does like so i don't know i don't know if you just talked about it like the name you mentioned um the people that help you with your children so like when they have to go so can like if you're having a date night can they only go to these people like uh, if you need a babysitter yeah. type of thing yeah and in foster care there's something called 
prudent parenting. And that basically means that, you know, you have the basically the same amount of like rights as like a parent would. So Mm -hmm. like, obviously, if you wanted to hire a nanny from whatever place, you know, it's your parental right to be able to hire whoever you want to take care of these kids. Mm -hmm. Uh, So, you know, they... Do they, they just, have to get certified? They don't have to get certified, but you do got to tell, like, your caseworker okay. uh, who they are. So, right. like, if you were to get, like, a full-time nanny or something, uh, you know, you'd have to be like, hey, this is who's hanging out with these kids <laughs> from 5 to 8. <laughs> right. Uh, yeah. And stuff like that. Um, you know, as far as it goes, uh, typically you can, they can stay at someone else's house that's related to you for one week, up to one week. Uh, anything other more than that, you have to uh, put them up in respite care, which, you know, we talked about, which is like, you know, a family who, you know, kind of just right. gives in because like, you know, uh, and there's just so many different situations because, you know, a lot of people think like you have to be married to to be a foster parent. Like you can be a single person. Just See, that was my first question because I'm not a married person. So I, was like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't know how it would be with me. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you can be a single Single father, single mother, taking care of these kids. You know, it obviously brings the same challenges as any other single parent would be of like, yeah, wait, who takes care of them when I'm at work or yeah, who picks them up if I'm at work and they throw up or or whatever they get sick. Uh, you know, like that respite care. Like if you if you're a business woman or whatever, and you got to go to Utah for a Business conference meetings. you know <laughs> like you know like you that's gotta, where those things yeah come yeah, in yeah. Hand. yeah that's where they come in handy okay oh, interesting i feel like i'm learning a lot no same so do you get in trouble because i'm only i'm only 25 i'm not a big party person or anything but it's like we like to host stuff during especially like during the summer at my house would that interfere with like the children and like the caseworker, like what if she shows up like a Friday evening and we're, we're about to have busted. like no, we're out like about to have like a carne asada <laughs> yeah. and you got an ice chest full of beer and stuff. Yeah. No, I mean it depends on. I mean it depends on myriad of factors. If uh, I mean I think it most depends on the children in your care. Okay. Uh, if alcohol was a big part of their traumatic experiences you know i would definitely yeah i mean i, I would, I would, I would be like you know maybe don't have yeah. a beer yeah, <laughs> or yeah, alcohol yeah. in it uh as far as like rules when it comes to any sort of alcohol in your home is it has to be locked up hmm. uh that's the same way with medication and like your sharp objects like your knives mm. and all that stuff you know they have to be put up and you know you got to get those child safety locks for yeah. your cabinets, yeah, your stove. Uh, they make safety knobs for those, so you know they don't yeah. go push them off. Uh, yeah. One thing that like that I thought was like way out there because I've never heard anybody do this is like you're required to have a fully functioning uh, fire extinguisher. Oh. That you really? have, that, that has to be a place where you can. You know, get it at a <laughs> at a safe at like easy access. easy access at any moment. Wow! Uh, I was like, I don't even know where they sell them. <laughs> I don't either. Where do they? Home Depot. 
Oh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, I didn't. That that also surprised me. I was like, why would Home Depot tell? Them? Yeah, <laughs> but but yeah, no, they're a lot more easier to obtain than I thought it was. <laughs> but I was I like, I worked at Home Depot for like two weeks. I never saw one of those. <laughs> yeah, no, like no, well, like we had it to like go on the app and I'd be like, oh, it'd be an aisle, whatever. And yeah. I was like, because like, oh, I'm pretty sure not a lot of people buy them, so they're probably like yeah. all hitting. Yeah, it's just like we we have two, uh, we get two every year. Yeah, <laughs> once they sell out, they sell out. Right. <laughs> oh so, wow. wow. But uh, uh, but yeah, I mean, as as far as that goes, like you know, there's um, when it comes to just depends on the child. Yeah, it, it depends on the child for first and foremost. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, if you're a very heavy drinker, I would say that probably. You know, it's not you, the fit for you. Um, not necessarily it's not the fit for you, but, you know, you definitely have to. I mean, it's like one of those things where there is a lot of your life that you have to change for, sure. uh, for, for them. You know, there's there's a lot of things that I do that, like, I'm personally like, why am I? <laughs> like, I would never have done this yeah. if it was up to me, if it was my own free will. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, like, it's, I mean, it goes back to, you know, you're, you know, for me, like, you know, these kids are in my homes, you know, they're their comrades. I'm there in the trenches for them. Yeah. I, you know, their pain is my pain. Um, I want to go through that. I want to, you know, I want to be heavily involved, especially, you know, as I'm perceived as a man, you know, like I get, I know that a big part of foster care is like, well, my dad's never been involved. And so, you know, I want to show you know, they, you know, there are men out there that want to have that emotional connection with you. They want to uh, make you feel safe. They want to make you feel like you're yeah. special in an appropriate way. Right. And, you know, like, and that there is more than one way to, you know, fulfill that role. You know, like, I don't have them right now, but like, I pay my fingernails all the time and, and you know anytime i do it with a with a new uh, child they're like why like you're like you're a man like what are you doing like yeah pink, pinks are for girls you don't do like you don't do that yeah where's jet like you know if i if i do the dishes they're just like where where's your wife like what uh-huh. is she doing that like and i'm just like i'm like you know i'm i'm a school employee i don't work the summers <laughs> <laughs> like I, like i have time to do this my my wife's a breadwinner she makes you know 40 plus grand a year like i she tells me what to do yeah <laughs> and i do That's so funny. so you know it's just showing them you know that different um you know, the different structures that a family could be that doesn't have to necessarily be in and, an yeah. abusive one. And I think it's like, I don't know if we can say, like, breaking breaking the, the stigma, the, the, what's the word, you know, because we're all, I feel like everyone is raised to, you know, the men doesn't clean, the men just work, come home, eat, sleep, watch TV type of thing, where mm-hmm. we're trying to... Where I think it's good that you're doing that because you're breaking that cycle yeah. to where, you know, yeah, we work, but we can also come home and, and, and help around the house or, you know, not all men paint their nails, but it's okay if you do, mm-hmm. you know? And so I think that's really awesome that you do that and you show these kids that it's okay. Yeah, because yeah. I feel like those little things make a huge difference for them that we wouldn't even think of because, you know, they're, we don't know what, well, you, you would know, but 
we wouldn't know what a child has gone through. Like, if mm-hmm. somebody, like, if these kids were abused because, I don't know, they painted their nails. Like, you know, like you were explaining, mm-hmm. like, teaching them just basic things we kind of take for granted, you mm-hmm. know, that we, we don't realize that so many people have affections or not affections they get affected by little things like that you know so that, yeah. that's amazing yeah no for sure and like kind of like my my personal like motto when it comes to like the the teens that we accept in our homes is like i whatever it is you know i like what i want to be is the teenager right now you know it's like i'm trying to be like the teen what my teenage self wanted adult me to be yeah okay you know like right. You know, I was an emo kid <laughs> in in high school, you know, and, you know, I wanted to paint my nails. I wanted to do all this stuff. But, you know, uh, you know, my mom thought any rock music was devil music, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. uh, you know, em- you know, the, the emo kids are the ones getting beat up and stuff like that. So it's like so like for me growing up, you know, I was always like I always felt like I had to I shelter myself. I had to you know, turn the cheek. I always had it to, you know, I kind of like we talked about it on Instagram, you know, like I went to a very predominantly white high school. So I always felt like I had to be what they were to for them to accept me. I always had it to do this for my dad to accept me. I had it to I had to like this music some for my mom to like me. I had to like this food. And so my cousins think like I'm Mexican enough. Yeah, yeah. I, did, I had to like this. So they wanted me and then so i could be accepted so like now i'm just like i want to do what feels right for me and you know that's gonna you know that personal liberation is gonna show up on these kids that i'm like you know working with that like you know if you if you are whatever you identify as a as a woman that you know that that's that's who you are and whether you're cis or not or if you are, you know, a cis uh, girl, but you want to work on cars, like that's dope. Exactly. Like, like do, like do that. Like, yeah. you, like you don't have to have this different career to dignify, you know, your your womanness or your manliness or your personhood. That you have, that you know, that you can do what feels right to you, and you know that that's okay and you know i'm coming at you in a judgment-free zone you yeah. know as long as you're not trying to be some some nazi poser you know i'm not gonna be like no you can't do that because that's weird yeah yeah you know, like i'm gonna be like that's i don't get that but that's awesome you do that yeah you know like kids now like i work at a at a library at a high school here in the metro you know like kids come with you know right now like hyper pop is kind of like the the music genre that like is the extreme weirdos, and I'm just like you. You keep doing that. Hyper pop like, is that you yeah, hyper pop. Who's that? Hyper pop is just like a type of pop music that's like very digitalized. Oh, um, I think we just aged ourselves. <laughs> like, no. I have no idea what that is. No, I mean it's. Is it like a genre? Or is it? Yeah, like... yeah, that's a genre. Oh, okay. Like, have you ever heard the artist A Hundred Gex? No. Okay, well that's kind of like Wait, the most. What's the Hundred uh, hyper pop. Hyper pop. Yeah, which is it kind of grew out of the subgenre of bedroom pop. Which oh wait, that's another. <laughs> yeah, bedroom pop is kind of like I would say is like a funner version of like Lords kind of pop music. You know, it's very like slower and stuff like that. Like it grew up like a K 
counter to that where like we're just gonna push as many like instruments and sounds and oh I see. And, okay. and, and rhythms like it, it just has to be you know like it, it's it it's, sounds like a modern rock yeah it, it was like i will like i'll say like hyperpop is punk as hell Oh. <laughs> I'm like, over here it, thinking like EDC vibes. Well, like, I well, do too. Well, it is. But I'm, I'm talking about like the uh, the vibe, you know, because because okay. it, okay. it's like you know, like you think of like traditional pop. It's like, hey, it has to be you know these chords. They gotta hit these notes. Yeah. And this is like, we want to do that, but we want to do it as fast as we can. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Wow. I'm, I'm about to listen to some. I'm just learning from all angles of life today. Jeez. Yeah, okay. no, for sure. I mean, if you're on TikTok, you probably already heard like. Like I probably it, heard it. And you didn't you, even you know probably what it heard was. it, and you're like, "Oh, that's what it was." I just, right. thought it was, <laughs> I just thought that's what Adderall felt right. like. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yes. Oh my goodness. What do you guys feel about on cues or chata in the fountain? Ew. No, no, okay. I haven't tried it. Okay, I said ew because my sister. I don't know why she drinks it with Coke. Half a cup of horchata and half a cup of Coke. I don't know why she does that, but I I don't know. I think that's a weird mixture. But Welcome I to her. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I did try. I did, I did try it and it was okay. I mean, it's not you know my grandma's recipe, but it's all right. You it like passes. It? I lo- I love it. So what's in my drink right now? I, oh. I, I I was wondering. I was no. like, what could he be drinking that's white? But I was no. just like, gotcha. that's what <laughs> it enjoy is. No, it. I'm telling you, it's. At Onku, it's a dollar twenty-five, and you get forty-four ounces. If you go to any whatever taco uh, truck, any taco truck, they're gonna charge you four dollars. Yeah, you got yeah. it there. Yeah, it is. Yeah. A, it's a great alternative. Uh, yeah, no, that's basically. It. This episode is sponsored in part by Onku. <laughs> no, work. we're not. We're not sponsored by Onku. Yeah, no. Not yet, anyway. Um. So the first question was: Have you thought about becoming a foster parent? And I had 76% yes and 24% no. Really? Yeah. How many people answered? Uh, 29. Wow, that's still a big number. Um, yeah. Yeah, it is. Um, I just, I just appreciate everybody that answers because, I mean, I'm yes. not too active on social media. Yeah, yeah. Too. But anyways, um, my next question was... What stops you from becoming a foster parent? And somebody said, I'm broke. <laughs> there is mm. the requirement. The fi- you do have to meet a financial requirement to become a foster parent. The financial requirement is that the stipend that you get from the state will not is not the reason why you're not coming up short uh, for, oh, your, okay. for your bills. So as long as you make enough to cover your bills, you will meet that financial requirement. Because, uh, I mean, you do get a stipend uh, for fostering. It, it depends on your age groups and their and their specific needs. Mm-hmm. Um, and if, I mean, it's kind of one of those things. If, you, if you're doing it right, you know, that money goes directly to the kids in, in some way. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's just, it's... I'm sure you know, like kids are expensive. Oh yeah, <laughs> kids are mm-hmm. kids are expensive. You know, right now, especially in the summertime, like you know, last year with coronavirus, I didn't really have to deal with it. Uh, but it's just like, what are you supposed to do for eight hours? Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. no, for sure. And you know, like I I know when I was a kid, like um, 
my parents just like left me <laughs> and like left me with my siblings like here like watch judge judy yeah, and then, yeah for sure <laughs> and, it and just, I, that's how and i know I who she so is sad. i think it's so sad because <laughs> even till this day it continues and i will just speak on the hispanic community um that people just have their kids and you know summer comes around and it's like they're just home all day while the parents are working it's like invest in your children sign them up for these summer camps let them go out and do stuff that they will enjoy get them out of the house and you know let them be active let them be kids mm. we i grew up that way i definitely don't want my child to grow up that way you know i mean he could be in sports right now and we're working on it but um definitely you know just getting i if he could play every sport of this of the year because you know some of them run into each yeah. other yeah like that that that's how active i want to keep him going because um i i go to therapy and one thing my therapist has told me is that if your kid is not active and he wasn't speaking directly about my kid because he's only about to be three but even still if your kid is not active they are at home at home they have access to probably a phone because Kids have phones now so early mm -hmm. in life that you can't really control it. They have access to the internet with iPads, a tablet, you know, just whatever it is that they start researching things that they shouldn't be researching, if you guys know what I mean. Yes. Yeah. You and, know. And definitely add those uh, filters. Yeah. We're definitely like that, too. Like, my wife is a super genius. She works for an IT company, and she... Knows a lot more than I do, and Ooh, luckily, shout out to her. That's amazing. Yeah, luckily I don't have to deal with that because she, like, as soon as uh, we decided to, she was like, "All right, here's all the, here's all the filters. Boom, they can't, <laughs> they can't, access they, 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 they can't access it, and I'll get a text message saying, yeah. like, hey, they were trying to access it.' Oh, <laughs> this no way. Yeah. yeah, and I mean that is great, but you know, if they go over a friend's house, oh yeah, no, for sure. I mean, yeah, it's definitely you gotta. It's, I mean, like the thing is, you know, we we're raising kids in like a new frontier. Oh my you know, god! Like, so you know, different. You know, I can I personally can't go to my mom and be like, "Hey, when I was six, what what did you do to get me to stop playing Fortnite?" You know, yeah. like yeah. or play. Well, I guess like the game would be like Super Mario, uh, <laughs> right? Like, the equivalent. <laughs> like how yeah. how do how do I do this? If you don't want to do anything else, like what do, what can I do? And so you know, like we're definitely you know we're testing what what works what doesn't work you yeah, know yeah. what what gives them the sense of autonomy and per and you know because you know like one thing that you can do is like you know overcorrect mm -hmm. you know you can't just take them like you know they they metaphorically you know they have to touch the the hot stove you know so it's like you know how much and you know you kind of develop that with like whatever child you know like, yeah like you know you know, you, like you gotta do a little bit more. You gotta do a little bit less with this one mm. compared to that one. Yeah, no, so, for sure. And every child's so different. Oh yeah, and there, and there's just so many things that like, like now it's just like you can literally do whatever. Like there's just so many different niche yeah. stuff that you can do. You can be really into art. You can be really into digital art. You can really be into photographs you can be into sports you can be in the most niche sports mm -hmm. <laughs> like in the world you could be into uh, woodworking so yeah. it's just like 
you know, and you kind of just have to find <laughs> what goes goes with that. Yeah. You know, especially coming back to like, you know, my parents will leave me with my with my uh, sister to, you know, kind of look at look after the house, whatever, you know, like I think one one thing that they did, they always try to find like, all right, who's a who's a mom that stays at home <laughs> all day? All right. Hey, can we take them over to to them? Oh, yeah, 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 so, yeah. So, you know, you do get like, you know, that socialization with like other kids. <laughs> my boyfriend, he works at um, Taft Middle School. He was a math hey, teacher. Heck yeah. Shout out them Royals. <laughs> I live in their district, so oh, okay. I, I, I live right down the street. I'm like the oddball because I never liked them. I was in Jackson, so we were the enemies oh, to no. Taft. No, so he he works there, and um, he the and I'm sure he started off on TikTok, but the whole sheesh, sheesh. thing. I would oh, he I would that. come home and sheesh. I'm like, can you stop? <laughs> I'm like, what are these kids doing to you? And there was another thing, but I will not say it. I will not say it on air. It was so annoying. He was like, what does that mean? What does Just that say mean? it. What is it? No. Is it embarrassing? It is, because I don't even know what it means. Well, say it. He might help you. No. <laughs> it is so embarrassing. Is what? I mean. It was like. Uh, no. Is I it a sound? Kind of. Because it's like in in the saying, like what it's saying, like I understand it, and it's like, why are these kids saying this? Mm. I'm sure you probably heard it. I probably know, but I would like to uh, specifically say my favorite TikTok sound, and that is the uh, Bojack Horseman, where he's like, uh, uh, "Princess Carolyn, I found John Stamos." <laughs> like that one's like my all time favorite one. Oh, okay, no, so. see this. Oh, and I think they got it off of Fortnite. The kids say said. A victory, number one victory royale. The the rap song. No. Oh. It was a chupa mi or something. Uh, like that. Oh, <laughs> ew! <laughs> I that, hate that, that sound. I'm glad it made y'all laugh because that thing would make me so mad. It aggravates me when they hear it. Because it sounds so... And then when they whispered in people's ears... Ew. You haven't seen those videos? So it is a TikTok thing? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. No. Well, he came home from school. He came home from work. And he started saying this. And I was like, where are you getting that from? He's like, that's what my kids are saying in class. And I'm like, what? <laughs> and he's like, what does it mean? I'm like, I don't know. But the first one says this. So I don't know what the rest means. Oh. What does it mean? Yeah, school us. What does that mean? Or where did it get it from? I'm not really sure. Like, I've only heard that sound, like, a couple times. But I do remember, like, hearing it. It's so cringy to me. Because I've only seen people whisper in other people's, like, at random stores. Like, at Walmart, some kid would just go whisper that to, like, an older person. I was like, why? Like, ugh. The sound. These are, like, 6th and 7th graders saying this stuff. And I'm just like. Uh, If you want to tell us what it is, write to us at fullabrownpodcast.yahoo.com and let us know what that is. Anyways, next question. Oh, well, no, we're still on the first question. What stops you from becoming a foster parent? So. So, said money. They said money. They said money. Mm -hmm. And then this girl said, not being at the right place in life prepared for for all that it initials. Same. Want to know who is the most not at the right time to deal with being a foster care? Oh, the foster children. Oh, you like that is true. 
like you're never gonna be uh, ready to do like this kind of stuff like that. So yeah, yeah, you're never. You know, you cannot read enough books to be fully prepared. You cannot fully read enough baby books. You cannot read enough like articles. Uh, you know, like you know, it's you know that's just how how it goes. You know, I thought I was as prepared as I could ever get, and then I realized like. Oh, that's nowhere near. It's <laughs> like ball game. Yeah, it's, it's a completely different ball game, and you know, yeah. it's just like one of those things. It just, you know, like it just takes a leap of faith. You know, like you're the thing is like I think a lot of people think that they're gonna mess up heavily, <clears throat> like right off the bat. And, yeah, and, and you know, you you might, you know, you might. But it's okay. Yeah, you, yeah, it's okay. Like you're gonna have some downfalls. Yeah, you're gonna have downfalls. You're gonna have. Uh, times yeah. of great joy and you know it just it's you know it's just like it's part of the process it's part of being in those trenches you know digging. it's just part of being a parent foster parent or, or biological parent yeah. I've had to sit in my room just crying because I, there was nothing I would cry because my son was crying because there was nothing I could do for him Yeah. so you know it just it, it comes all over so it's one of those things that you learn as you grow yeah as you go yeah, yeah you know it's one of those things you know like like obviously no one's gonna like force you to be one mm-hmm. but you know no, like it's sure. not it's not for everyone yeah it's not for every like being a foster parent is hard and it's not for everyone but it is a lot you know like if that's the reason that's stopping you from pursuing it uh you know i would just suggest like a lot of uh foster agencies would have uh you know orientation nights or some sort of like information nights and yeah. you know you can go in and they can kind of you know walk you into it because like like i've said if you don't know a whole lot about it you know you have a lot of support yeah if it's not from like your whole family trying to you know get on board with it you know there's you know there's a whole lot of foster advocacy groups there's a whole lot of foster former foster a lot of mentors. Um, mentors. Yeah, I have no that. idea how much you said that, like, put so much at ease in my mind. Because I really did think I was going to go into it just completely blind. And then, a ver como le hago, you know. <laughs> yeah. But hearing that, it really did bring a lot of peace to my mind. I was like, oh, okay, okay. It's, yeah, yeah, no, it's for sure. doable. Yeah, and I think, like, you know, as you're doing your trainings, you know, you... It's like one of those things, you know, you, you get the... You know, it's like one of those things where, like, training is not... Your initial training, while it is a good start, you know, that's that's not where it ends. Yeah. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. it's a constant. And, and, you know, we kind of talked about it. Yeah. Is, you know, every year you got to do some X amount of uh, educational hours. So, you know, as you're filling those needs, you know, you're saying like, oh, OK, like I've had this experience where, you know, I took in a foster child who couldn't speak the language right or was a little bit mentally delayed like all right what's what what do i need to learn about you know what it is the experience of being autistic of america like what what do i need to do this or like you know if you are you know one race and you get a child of a different race that you may not know it's like okay cool like now that i've experienced that like what more do i need to learn from you know that culture to be like fully be prepared for the next yeah. uh, child that comes in that's awesome yeah this other friend of mine he said nothing really i was a foster kid which shout out to you i never knew you were a foster kid and we worked together so that's awesome um this girl said my husband's legal status 
Yeah, oh, so, so I mean, I've already mentioned a couple yeah. times, but yeah, like uh, you do have to be uh, if you live in the house, mm-hmm. uh, you do have to be a uh, permanent resident, uh, and you know that's definitely a big barrier yeah. uh, to uh, you know Hispanic communities, uh, especially you know we you know we have so many people you know they live in mixed status homes. Yeah, uh, mm-hmm. like I know, I I know quite a bit of my friends who you know they are you know american citizens they were born here but you know they're taking care of their mom and but you know you know their mom is you know so they you know they obviously can can do that kind of thing and you know it just i mean that is just like one of the yeah the barriers and you know that just comes with you know advocating for immigrant rights yeah yeah wow that's crazy that i didn't even i mean I seen it like if you're married to someone, you know, it does like an innocent bystander, like you know, like if somebody that just lives with you, you know, I feel but like I I mean it's just it's I mean I it's, get it. Yeah, yeah, I get it too, but it just sucks. Just talking about like just parents in general, shout out to a really good friend of mine named Q. He has like five kids. I don't know. There are like four or five and they're all like five and, and younger. Ooh, big oh, shout yeah. out. Big oh, shout real. out. And he is, uh, I mean, him and his wife, they are very dedicated parents. They, I think all the kids are in sports. And and his oldest boy. Um, you just he, ruined your whole weekend for the rest of your life, getting kids into sports. <laughs> yes. So this kid is like a very amazing, I don't know how many stuff he has one but he's a baseball player and they travel he's in those wow. traveling leagues. travel teams let's go and so the other day he posted how like he was in a town with one kid and his wife had to like run from like oklahoma city to like not oklahoma city to some other city to midwest city and like they're just going everywhere and i'm oh yeah when i was getting ready to get julian into soccer i was all like I'm not going to have time. Like, I, my excuse was the time. Yeah. And now I see him doing all this, and it's just like, wow, Grecia, like, what a disappointment. Like, <laughs> you have time. Get your kid into sports. Like, time is not the excuse at all. Like, I think it's more like time management. I think at the end yeah. of the, everybody has 24 hours, like you said. I mm-hmm. think it's just a matter of how learning you- how to program yourself, you know, with everything you get. Yeah. Yeah, no, for sure. And, you know, that could be like, you know, you sacrifice one thing over the other, you know, like, yeah. you know, like, and, you know, I think it's like one of those things that, you know, like, kids don't really have a lot of options on what to do you kind of can tell them where to go so like if say you know you're really into whatever mountain biking get your kid a mountain bike yeah. <laughs> like yeah. you know like you know like i you know like that's how people get things from their parents you know they did it you know they they knew how to do it i watched them do it yeah. now i'm it's now that investment in your yeah kid. yeah so yeah. so it's like you know if you're really into cooking whatever like mm-hmm let your kid chop up a vegetable and then yeah. you know you you're spending that time um, with them so. exactly wow. i know i've been trying to get back on my working out kit 
and Julian is in the in the garage because I bought a treadmill and I put it in the garage. <laughs> and he's he's in there just watching me. Mama, can I run with you? I'm like, no, Julian, hold on. Let me let me just finish this mile run and then we can work out together. But he'll grab like the jump rope and like act like he's jump roping. Let's go. And so it's just like that's that that's all it is, you know. They'll they'll be there with you. Yeah. Just cheering you on. Yeah. Um, the background of the child, who knows how they really are. I mean, who knows how your child really is, you know, <laughs> like it's, I mean, it's like one of those things, you know, um, uh, again, you know, foster care is not for everybody, yeah. <laughs> you know, being a foster parent is not for everybody. And if, you know, that's, if that is, can you know, kind of go, going back to, you know, like you're dealing with trauma, like yeah. that's yeah. all but you're I doing. Mean, so it's like. You know, if you're unwilling to, you know, get past that, you know, and if, and like I said, in the kind of like earlier, you know, there are so many different ways that you can be an advocate. And, you know, it could be that maybe you just give 50 bucks to a foster parent or, you know, you yeah. volunteer to do some sort of clothing drive. Yeah. yeah. So that's awesome. It's one of those things, you know, that like, Kind of like uh, Tony, what you say, you know, like these kids that age out of foster care are going to be the people that we have to take care of. Uh, if, you know, like I said, 20% of kids that age out immediately become homeless. So yeah. they, they immediately become the people you see on the streets and stuff like that. And, you know, like, you know, it just having that solidarity uh, with those kids that have fostered out and kids that are currently in it, you know, that, you know, you got to have that solidarity with them because, you know, you're, you are a thousand times more closer to being homeless than you are being a billionaire. Yeah. You know, Mm -hmm. you, you are put, you, you are part of the working class always. So you, you should be taking care of the people in the working class. So you should always be looking to advocate and redistribute the the resources to help, you know, the the sea flow up, you know. All tides yeah. all tides lifts all ships. Rising tides lifts all ships, whatever. For sure. And I think this was yes, this last question says I asked, what scares you about becoming a foster parent? Was there anything that scared you? I mean, I don't know. Like it's I mean, not the normal scares. I mean, I'm just the normal scares about like yeah. being a kid. Like, what if, what if they don't like my music? And so far, <laughs> every one of them has not liked my music. Uh, <laughs> you know, like you know, uh, what if they don't? What about if I get a picky eater? What if, yeah. <laughs> like you know, if all this stuff? What if I can't uh, give them what what they what they need? And you know, like mm. yeah. And, you know, I, I think that's in general, you know, like I'm sure your kid, you know, when he grows up, you're going to find situations where like, like, what, what, what do I have to give? Like, I'm trying to connect with you. But, yeah. you know, at this point, I just I got to look at a different angle. Right. Yeah. yeah. Um. Well, OK. The answers I got were when if when and if the child would have to leave all the emotions of feeling like a like i lost a child and it connects she connect she she had multiple response not being good enough not having the tools to help the kids with their emotional physical and mental healing which 
you know, which I mean, we've kind of covered a whole lot of them, but you yeah, know, you're you're gonna have resources for whatever developmental delays they have, yeah. uh, you know, paid for by the state. You're gonna have uh, those resources uh, as far as leaving and, and you feeling you lost a child, like get to attach. That's that's how it's supposed to feel. Like you know, if once. Uh, the children in my home go be reunified with their parent or guardian or whatever it may be, you know, it, it hurts seeing them go. It, it, it hurts packing them. It hurts, uh, telling them bye for the last time. It, it hurts knowing that this is going to be the last time I'm waking you up so you can eat my really bad scrambled eggs, mm. you know, like, but it, it's supposed to hurt. You're supposed to feel like a part of you is leaving out the door, uh, you know, and if you take care of every child like that, you know, you're going to see a huge reduction in harm in your community. And, you know, it could be that a child may never go home. You know, you might, you know, them, the plan of action might be that you stay, that they stay in your home forever. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, like you, you never, you never know until, you, you know, you you experience it. Yeah. Yeah. Wow, that's so true. Yeah. <sighs> You're going to make me Because first, they got to see you as a, as like a safe place. Yeah. And like, until you develop that safe place, you know, you're always going to get the, I'm fine. I don't, like, I'm just here because. The, I have to. Yeah, because the, yeah. the court's mean or whatever, you know. Yeah. And as soon as you start, you know dealing you know hopefully you know your kid qualifies for like therapy or they feel like they need therapy you know they work through that and you know if you get to be a part of that you know you you know you keep on keeping on you keep yeah. like working on it for sure if the most that you can provide for a kid is just a guaranteed bed for them to get on and call their own mm -hmm. you know that's sometimes that's sometimes all you can do and you know they that will go a lot further than you know whatever you thought whatever was the alternative them being on the streets or yeah. yeah um i had one last answer and she said the safety of my children i wouldn't like my children getting hit or bullied by a kid on fostering uh it's more than likely that your kid will bully the foster kid i can see that i mean just plain and simple the power dynamics is that you have this kid that you don't know coming into your house you know it's like this is a stranger you, you know you know it's, yeah. it's you know it's the visitor coming into the home court you know yeah. <laughs> like you know yeah. in a and you know in a kind of different words you know like uh for the most part you know like like any kids you know they might not get along yeah. or they might you know like i'm sure like definitely with me and my sisters i definitely bullied her a couple times you know yeah. like you know, it's any time that you have two humans interacting with each other, there's always going to be some sort of friction. Yeah. And, you know, it's, it might not always be that way. It might, you know, it might, you know, they might not get along at first. It might think uh, different of each other. And then, you know, whatever, a couple weeks they'll, or whatever, they they'll get, grow. They're, they'll grow and they'll do uh, with each other or, yeah, or maybe, sure. or maybe not, or maybe, you know, they just. You know, they play with here and they play with there because, like, yeah. you know, with them, you know, it's like if you have a two-year-old, you know, and you get a place with a four-year-old, you know, the four-year-old is going to want to play 
with a two-year-old, but the two-year-old development-wise is not ready for cooperative play. Yeah. You know, he's still in the de- development of parallel play. So you yeah. gotta... You no, know. for yeah. sure. I think as long as you're willing to give someone else attention, I think if you have just that goal, then you're pretty much set. Because it's, it's just a matter of if, if you have the patience to do it. Yeah. You know, at the end of the day, if you know you have the heart and the patience... Try these little other programs out first, you know. Try to see if you if this is for you, and I think you'll know right away if this is or not. You know, something that you can or cannot do, uh, but don't rule it out. You know, yeah. if you haven't doubts, don't don't rule it out. And because if you are having these thoughts and and concerns, is because you want to do it, mm-hmm. and you're probably we're probably we already know as humans we always go to the worst you know case scenario at any you know topic or whatever whatever. So I feel like. Don't allow yourself to go and and destroy the thing that you already want to do. You know, like if we wanted to be like running for senator, oh well, I'm not a good public speaker. I don't have a red tie or whatever, whatever. Like it's just those little things that our mind tells us that we should be fearing that are maybe not just not there. You know, yeah. and uh, I think that's just how life works. Sometimes we just we survive by fear. Honestly, yeah. sometimes. So don't be afraid. For sure. But, Mr. Dario, we have our lightning round before you head out. <laughs> and I hope that uh, don't get scared. Okay? It's all good. Let's go. Question number one, sir. What cheers you up? What cheers me up is the really any music with breakdowns. And Wait, what? Breakdowns. I know, but what does that mean? Uh, basically, any punk song. Oh, like I'm a big uh, punk rocker, so like I'm gonna have to hang out with you a couple times just so I can get <laughs> yeah, no, these views I, of this other cool stuff. Yeah, no, for sure. Now I'm what cheers me up. Yeah, just a bunch of uh, punk music. Uh, what I like to say is I any song that's about hating your hometown, it just gets me in the right <laughs> state of mind. Really? <laughs> yeah, that's like your, that. That where that's are you from. I'm from. I'm from Mustang, Oklahoma. Okay. Yeah, so mm-hmm. I grew, and you know, I grew, you know, I was a graduate of 2012, so I definitely grew up in the uh, My Chemical Romance, The uh. Used, <laughs> A Day to Remember. Uh, so I was, you know, I grew up with like, you know, all that stuff, and like, I don't yeah. know, it just. Are you a musician? I am not. Oh, okay. I'm just someone who. Who does appreciate Yeah, things. who appreciates yeah. a grown man or woman or non-binary person yelling at my face about what their hometowns wronged them about. Mm. Interesting. So, I don't know. It's just Oddly specific. And, I mean, that's kind of how it goes, but, you know. And I, that's all right. And that's how it goes. Yeah. I, that's how I get a lot of, you know, aggression now because, you know, it's a very aggressive type of music and, you know, like, it's a lot of, you know, drums clashing, uh, drop the uh, guitar <laughs> And, you know, just someone screaming. It's- hmm. I'm going to have to pay attention to that and see what that's about. Okay. Who are the three most influential people in your life? Uh, number one wife is my uh, wife, Jessie. Uh, she, you know, I don't do a very good job out of always uh, letting her know how much she has allowed me to grow as a person. Um but, you know, she definitely inspires me every day to, you know, keep keep going at it, keep working. Uh, kind of combined is, you know, my parents, uh, you know, they, they brought me here at a 
at a very young age and you know we didn't know what growing up in america was going to be we didn't know yeah. if it was going to be better or not or but we we had a hunch and we we took it <laughs> and you know we we came in and you know they've they supplied me with every opportunity i could get they did whatever they they had to you know i yeah i was a i was a a collegian wrestler uh collegian is just the name of the style doesn't necessarily mean that you went to college for it oh, okay. uh, uh you know i did that i was you know i wasn't I wasn't the very best. I was never state champion. I was a state qualifier, uh, but you know, I was I was good enough to qualify for like national teams and oh, gotcha. uh, all this kind of stuff. You know, I went to college on a on a wrestling scholarship. So you know, they've always um, uh, you know they they put in that work. They they did the they worked the, that extra day to so I could pay those uh, entry fees. And you know, I I went to college. I got out of college debt free. I didn't, you know, I didn't pay a single, oh, I didn't pay a single awesome. dime com- combined from my scholarship to uh, the and them. So you know, they definitely. Where'd you go to supply. school? What'd you graduate with? Uh, I got. I'm an associate in uh, science. Okay, cool. Sweet. Yeah. Man, shout out to them. That's yeah, amazing. Yeah, them and then just uh, I guess the the very last people that the last person, which is like any foster youth that you know does not let their current situation get them down uh you know i've met so many people through this community uh foster community of like you know there's so many kids with great stories great um you know they they persevere they went through it they they got what they need and you know they they kept pushing and they continue to keep pushing because you know the trauma and abuse that you occur in foster care it's it stays with you no matter your age you're always gonna have that label and you know they always find a way to make that you know a important part of themselves that they do not let them uh keep them down yeah wow okay Going back to your, not back, going to your little personal now, what irritates you about a person? People who don't like spicy food. (laughs) (laughs) I have my Valentina salsa bottle down here. So you, we're friends, okay? Let's go. (laughs) Let's go. (laughs) I just think it's an entering feature. Uh, Yeah. You know, like. I mean, it's whatever, you know, if you don't like spicy food, you don't like spicy food, but it's like, it's always like, oh, we can have this. And it's like, no, like that's a little too spicy. And it's just Uh, like, it's just bell peppers. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. But, but, you know, it's whatever, you know, there there are things that I don't like that, you know, I'm sure other people don't like that. Yeah. Yeah. But going on to the sweeter side, what is your favorite pan dulce or Mexican dessert? Uh, A churro, man. Oh. Churro. From where? I usually just get mine from Feria Latina. Oh, they have them there? Yeah, the children's, yeah. They just have them there, uh, uh, the bakery section. Oh, gotcha. Yeah. I don't know if they make them there. Yeah. It doesn't look right here down the street. Yeah, there's a new one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I always go to the one on uh, 23rd in Ann Arbor. Mm-hmm. Okay. Awesome. Okay, what is your favorite movie? Honestly, probably the, uh, the Avengers Endgame. Nice. Yeah, just have you seen it? Uh-uh. Uh, do, do you care about 
The Adventures? I I mean, I probably would if I watched them, but I never. I don't watch TV. Okay. Spoiler you. alerts for those listeners. Uh, when Tony Stark died, it was like. Okay, see, I'm not a, I'm not, I don't even know what, is it Marvel? Is that what it is? Yeah, yeah, that's Marvel. I'm not even a Marvel fan, and I was, I was actually afraid to say it, because I'm like, I don't want the listeners to, like, start writing hate mail. Uh, I, I don't know, I just, I don't know, I, like, I don't, I don't, I can't get into it, like, even Star Wars, or, like, stuff like that. Wait, so, Marvel and the Avengers, that's two different things? No, Marvel is part of the, it's like the universe, yeah. and then Avengers is, like, living within the universe. See, I know that much. (laughs) No, Mm-mm. don't hate me because I just okay. Is okay. Spider Man part of them? <sighs> That's complicated because that has to do with like who owns the rights to Spider Man. Uh, so we don't know. Like like Sony Entertainment owns mm-hmm. uh, the rights to Spider Man. Uh, they did reach like a deal where they would let Disney, who owns Marvel, mm-hmm. uh, use his likeness. So like edit. He currently is in the MCU, mm-hmm. but that could be taken away at any time. <laughs> because uh, I feel like Disney has like created like some weird Spider-Man character. Am I seeing that right? Oh, uh, Miles Morales, uh, the the African American Spider-Man. Oh, is that, is that who you're talking about? <laughs> <laughs> I don't. I don't I'm only hear so. that to comment because I don't want to sound stupid. I'm like, yeah, sure. Uh-huh. <laughs> no. I don't know. Well, I mean, like, I, I do know that... I didn't know there was a black Spider-Man, though. I didn't yeah, either. Yeah, his name's Miles Morales. Wait. He... Yeah, he did. Didn't he come out on, like, Spider-Man 3? Uh, you're you're thinking of Venom, which oh, that's... <laughs> <laughs> which, the only thing that's black is his suit. Uh... Oh, so he's like... I... <laughs> Oh my God! Miles Morales. Uh, do you know that am- the uh, the anime film into the Spider Verse? No. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. The key was the main guy. He okay. he was the main uh, thing. But Marvel has like a plethora of different Spider Mans. They have Spider Mans where where Gwen is the Spider Man, Spider Woman. Gwen Stefani is the body. No, it's Gwen. No. The, uh, <laughs> the his, his girlfriend. <laughs> You're gonna hurt yourself. Just. <laughs> No, when but... is the girl in the movie? <laughs> right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Gwen is the who Emma Stone played in the last. <laughs> she said hollow back girl. <laughs> she used to play in a punk band. Oh right. my yeah. god. No <laughs> okay. Before we hurt ourselves, let's go to the next. Uh what was your favorite game as a child? <laughs> my favorite game <laughs> uh video game one i'd say was uh the fallout 3 i spent so many hours on that game it's like a role-playing game where like you're in Ow. the united states like it's an alternative timeline where the soviet union bombed us oh, okay. so like you're living in a nuclear fallout Ah, uh, okay. I my parents never let me play video games, so I don't know any video games either. I feel like I'm missing out a lot on life. We can't do Marvel. I don't know any video <laughs> games. Like, I don't know the cool slangs that kids are using now or the music. Oh my god, where have I been, dude? Yeah. Okay, how would you like to be remembered? Just a dude. Like, uh, I mean, I don't know. That's that's such a thing because you know, um, I definitely don't want to be remembered as like a savior. Uh, you know, I hear a lot as like, you know, as a foster parent, it's like, oh, you're doing such great work for these kids. And it's just like, um, 
I just want to remember it as a guy who, you know, advocated for the marginalized people in my community. And, you know, I want to be, you know, remembered as just a good dude. Yeah. I don't think there's, there's, I don't have like that ego of like, oh, I want to be the best. You know, yeah. I, I just want to, I just want to do it. Like, I just want, I just, like I said, I just want to be in those trenches. Yeah. Oh, well, you're doing it now. That's awesome. Okay. Two more questions. What does Fuller Brown mean to you? Fuller Brown just means, you know, being, carving out your shade. Uh, you know, kind of like what I've talked earlier, you know, like, you know, I grew up, you know, in a, in a white town. So it was, um, while there was a couple other, you know, Hispanic families, you know, it's just like one of those things where, you know, I wasn't white enough to hang out with them, to hang out, you know, the Caucasians. I wasn't brown enough to hang out with the with the other family because you know they they grew up like in the countryside and they grew up in like the countryside of Mustang. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. So, so you know they had, you know, they did all their stuff. Yeah. And so you know, and you know, you know, I just kept, you know, I always, you know, I speak Spanish, but I'm not like the most fluent uh, <laughs> speaker. So it's like it's always been for me just like. You know, how do I carve out my shade? How do I let people know that, like, I am proud from where I came from and it, it's okay that it looks different from yours? Oh, yeah. 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 That's awesome. That is awesome. It's yeah. like it's like this, the the uh, <clears throat> the saying that Selena's dad said in that movie. Like you have to be. What do you, do you know? What I'm yeah, yeah. About? Like you like you got to be white enough for the folk yeah. for the white folks, and you got to be Mex- you you, you got to be more Mexican than the Mexicans Mexican. and stuff like yes. that. And you know, I think like the TikTok term for like kids like me are like uh, whitewashed. Oh, um, that's that's always a term, and it's just like you know, like again, you know, like just because you don't know. You know, like the all every single word in the Spanish language doesn't mean that you're not any, you're not any less. Yeah. You know, you're yeah. Uh, as long as uh, as long as you say you are, that's who you are. Yeah. You know, like uh, and kind of like I identify a lot with like the punk ethos, which is like you know, punk rock is for everybody unless you're not for everybody. Mm-hmm. So you know, is if you're you know, you're you are brown enough, you are Mexican enough, you are Salvadorian enough, you are Filipino enough, you are American enough. As long as you say, you know, <laughs> I am enough. Yeah, for sure. Dude, that's awesome. That's a great answer. I love it. Okay, last question. If heaven exists, what would you like to hear God say to you when you arrive at the pearly gates? So I don't so I personally am a non believer. So if he does exist. I just hope he like power bonds me to hell. <laughs> like just like, one just, button. Just, just like WWE, just like choke slam, like yeah. the Undertaker, like ah, dude, that's what you get. <laughs> <laughs> no, no yeah, it's I'll okay. be chilling there with little non-sex. <laughs> <laughs> While he makes another music video, <laughs> I know who that is. See, yeah. I'm not that. Uh, I'm not that behind. I know who that is. Oh, Jose, thank you so much for being here. You have no idea. This was awesome. It means so much to both of us that you came and were just raw and open to us to talk about that. And we really, really highly appreciate it. Yeah, no, for sure. You know, I I loved coming on. It's like, it's great. You know, everything you're doing, you know, I've, 
I've learned so many different things from every single president that's came on, and you yeah. know, I'm glad I'm I get to uh, add to that legacy yes, and sir. stuff like that. So you know, it's it's awesome. You know, if if you have any questions about foster care, like reach out to me and to my Instagram. It's I don't really you know I think it's it's a beautiful thing that what we're doing, and like I've said earlier, you know it it it, it requires more than just taking in kids there's a whole plethora of roles that you can play uh, yeah. in these children's life for yeah sure. no yeah for sure for sure no thank you for like i said for sharing it and for being vulnerable to talk about it because i don't think a lot of people would so thank you and this is your humble home so whenever you feel like coming back you know feel free to you know you're a, you're a full of brownie from season one Mm-hmm. Well, thank you for sticking yeah, yeah. with us that long. <laughs> and thank you for everybody that responded to uh, Gracias Post. Yes, um, appreciate it. Yeah, thank you so much for participating. And again, uh, if you want to reach out to him, he's going to be tagged on this post whenever you know the episode airs. Uh, you can write to us and we can ask him any questions if you guys have any. Uh, you can write to us at fullerbrownpodcast at yahoo.com. So thank you guys for listening. Bye, guys. And thank until you. the next time. Peace. Bye. Hey, my dear listeners, if you're listening to this part of the episode, that means that you made it through the entire episode. Congratulations. We do highly appreciate it. I just wanted to use this time to remind you your voice matters. You deserve to be heard. Follow us on our social media at Fuller Brown Podcast on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. And if you want to share your story or you want to be a participant of this podcast, please write to us at fullerbrownpodcast at yahoo.com. Thanks again for listening. Until the next time. Bye.